Good morning, Enderlick. It's 9.07 right now, Friday, April 17th. You are, of course, listening to AFN Enderlick. It's Matt in the morning. We're joined today by Colonel Randy Oakland, base commander, obviously, sir. Morning. Good morning. Uh, shout out as well to our viewers on Facebook. We're doing a Facebook Live, as you're aware. And if you're watching on Facebook, you're also aware. But if you're listening, you may not be. So there you go. That's for you. Uh, sir, it's my understanding you're kind of here today to do a kind of an update about what's going on, especially in terms of uh, the new guidelines and regulations, restrictions maybe for COVID-19. Absolutely. Quite a bit to, quite a bit to know, and the information seems to change pretty regularly still. Mm-hmm. So just important that we continue to try to get information out once we once we had a chance to take a look at it and uh, understand it for our local population. Roger that. And uh, in the name of uh, timeliness, let's just jump right into it. Uh, one of the recent changes that's going on, uh, started last weekend. It was kind of a big thing. I, I saw it in the news even. Uh, the Turkish regulations about when you can and can't be out, especially for citizens in Turkey. Right. So, changed. so we got pretty late notification last weekend of a change to the way that Turkey was going to restrict movement in the country last weekend. And with with fairly late notice, uh, tried our best to try to, to cover down on what we needed to get done and what needed to still happen over the course of last weekend. And I think did a pretty good job of, of go, working through that without a lot of, uh, of planning time. And so what we learned out of that is that there will be more of the same kind of restrictions on movement in the country of Turkey this coming weekend and then potentially for other weekends in the future as well. And so we've had a little bit more time to spend at figuring out how to do that as as well as we can because we always hear when we're in uh, in Turkey we want to try our best to match the posture of our host nation right and uh, and you know follow along and be good partners and and relationship builders as we approach a problem like that so we've had a planning team that's been continuing to look at that particular issue and I think we've got a fairly good plan for how we're going to approach this coming weekend and I think probably the biggest thing I need to say to, to everybody listening is that it's this is one of those things where we just need your help. Uh, because if you had a plan this weekend to be out and visible and certainly uh, in any kind of a group setting, that's just not really going to be very helpful to us when it comes to the uh, the partnership and relationship building aspect. It doesn't take a lot of awareness to look around and see that we have um, a Turkish population center right outside of the fence line of our base. And so those people who are out there who have been issued this, like you said, curfew, mm-hmm. I think of it as a, like a stay-at-home order, which, right. which is not just in Turkey. Those are in a lot of places to include the U.S. And, uh, and I, you know, if you think about that person who's locked down in their, in their room, looking out their window at our mm-hmm. base and what we're doing on it, uh, it's not going to uh, make a lot of sense for them if we've got people who are gathering outside, making a lot of noise, Mm-hmm. Um, being being real public uh, with what they're doing, so so I'm I'm really looking for everybody's help so that we can uh, match our our uh, partners as best we can and try to uh, and try to kind of work through this weekend and 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 the follow-on ones that uh, that restricted restricted movement will apply to. Mm-hmm. It's essentially uh, sensitivity. Absolutely. Well, it's a part. It really is a partnership thing. So mm-hmm. uh, and I I talked to my counterpart here on the installation uh, Turkish counterpart about that and. I think his and my site picture are very similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we aren't interested in, in you know, being more restrictive than we need to be, but we are interested in trying to show solidarity with our community. There you go. I can get behind that. And then, of course, uh, you know, for any questions about stuff like that, uh, you recommend talking to your local leadership? And Absolutely. Yeah, please, please talk to your chain of command. They've all... 
they've all gotten pretty clear guidance on what it is that we're looking for in terms of our posture uh, over the mm -hmm. course of, uh, of the curfew period. And uh, the other thing I've noticed recently, not just at Inderlich, but kind of DOD or even, uh, I guess, nationwide, it's a move away from the term social distancing to the term physical distancing. Can you speak a little bit about uh, that change, what that means? Yeah, you know, I don't think anybody really thought when we came up with the words social distancing originally that mm -hmm. what they were that what they were talking about was any bigger than what I think of as physical distancing, which is just, hey, you got to be six feet apart from somebody else or whatever the CDC guideline is based on the particular virus or illness we're talking about. That's, And I think when they said social distancing, they were talking about typically where mm -hmm. we are within six feet is when we're in mm -hmm. social settings. We're out there enjoying ourselves at, uh, at whatever social setting it might be. And when it comes to COVID-19 and how we've done this, I think the transition to physical distancing has happened because there's an awareness that even though we have to be physically distant, we have to be socially connected. That's still a human need and something that all of us uh, require to be healthy people. And so uh, we don't really want anybody to be socially isolated. We want people to be uh, physically distanced to protect themselves from the illness and socially connected as best we can. And so that's what we've been focusing on here. It seems like certain uh, organizations around base have been uh, promoting different ways to make that happen. Like, for instance, FSS has got a number of virtual uh, talent shows and, you know, painting. There's even a, a Discord server, from what I understand, for gamers. You bet. There's quite a bit there. Uh, you know, it's, this is a challenge, right? So mm -hmm. for the people who have been really, who are, who are serving other airmen by providing those kinds of services, it's another barrier to, to figure out how can you do that same service virtually? Is there a way mm -hmm. to still do that? And I think they've been doing a great job of trying to figure out ideas. Certainly interested to see what we get out of the, of the virtual talent show. I think that'll be a lot of fun. And then uh, I know we've dedicated quite a bit of time to fitness and, and, uh, and gaming kinds of options. And frankly, we're, we're open to ideas. So if somebody has another thought about there about how we can do something virtually that we used to do in a, in a uh, you know, physical reality kind of way, we'd, mm -hmm. we'd be interested in, in trying to incorporate it. Yeah, it's like innovation at that point. It's the you bet. same old song and dance, I guess you could say. Uh, when we talk about solidarity with our Turkish counterparts and kind of the regulations that are going on uh, in the land of Turkey, is there any kind of forward-looking uh, maybe date or plan for when some of these services like the gym or things like that might start being open again? Yeah, great question. I, the, the one that really is pretty hard for me is the idea that the gym is closed, right? right. That's just tough. So uh, yeah. I really enjoy the fact that we focus and, and um, emphasize fitness in the military and in the U.S. Air Force and certainly here in the 39th Air Base Wing. So um, I'm always interested in trying to figure out what we can do to open those things back up. What I think is probably important to understand for our population here is that Turkey in general is a little bit, I would say, behind some of the other countries in terms of their number of COVID-19 cases. Our curve hasn't hit the peak yet here mm -hmm. in this country, and even though in some other countries it may have. And so I think what will be kind of difficult for us is as other countries and other places posture changes to be, perhaps be uh, I don't know if I want to call it less restrictive, but but probably less restrictive as we're as they're kind of coming out or down their curve or or as they're figuring out that that they're past the peak. Um, we may not be at ours yet, and so I think we just have to be aware that that our reality there is based on local conditions, and so we'll right. continue to monitor those. and And as soon as we're able to be less restrictive about what is open or closed, we're going to be interested in opening things up. 
And, and maybe also worth understanding that even just during this curfew period, as we talked about it for this weekend, the things that we are having closed or open aren't things that we came up with generally. Those, those are things that Turkey has decided are going to be closed, and so therefore we're trying to match what's closed as well. So again, it's solidarity is a pretty good word, I think, because that's what we're trying to do is just match their list. One of the other things I w I'd really like to talk about, because it it's kind of the buzz right now, uh, after the Secretary of Defense and General Goldfein have talked about the stop movement potentially being extended, um, first of all, what does that look like from your perspective in terms of planning, and uh, how are we going to attack that at Andrelik? So I think the difficult thing is it always comes down to the individual, right? So we have all these different agencies and entities that work together to, to provide individual services. And so for the individual airman who has a plan to move somewhere else or go get training somewhere else or whatever the case may be, it takes a lot of different agencies to pitch in and provide that movement somehow or another. For instance, household goods, right? You've got TMO that's involved with that. You've got your FSS that's involved with all the paperwork that makes all those things happen and training documentation. And then there's whether or not the place you're going is even open. And so mm -hmm. there's just quite a bit of... of um, coordination that has to happen. Right. And so I think when our senior leaders talk about what's potentially going to happen in terms of um, the stop movement date, they're trying to figure out how to, to just make sure everybody has the guidance they need to be able to plan what needs to be planned, mm -hmm. while they're also having to maintain sensitivity to their restrictions that we have on, on all of our COVID-19 policies. So I don't know exactly when the stop movement um, period of time is going to end. Uh, we, we've got guidance out right now. I fully expect that it's going to extend for some amount, but I don't, I don't mm -hmm. know when that end will be. And so what we're left with is trying to figure out how can we make a plan that's as good as we can make it to, to just know what our priorities are in terms of, okay, well, if it goes you know, through May, if it goes through June, if it goes through whatever month, what are the things that we need to be thinking about to make sure that we can execute when that restriction is lifted? Or maybe even during that restricted period of time, what where are there exceptions that make sense for mm -hmm. us that we can that we can get after, and still allow some amount of of travel uh, within right. that period of time? So, and and again, that that rule set that guidance is um, is kind of always getting updated, and so we're we're we've got a uh, an OPT that's meeting every single day to to make mm -hmm. sure we don't miss something, and I think they've been doing a great job of trying to stay on top of that, coordinate with the chain of command. Uh, throughout the base and then uh, and then just try to figure out what those priorities are, are and how to execute them. Right. It seems like that's got to be like absolutely paramount, especially at a short tour location where turnover could be really detrimental potentially if the right, you know, uh, kind of procedures aren't uh, accounted for, I guess. Well, it's one of our it's one of our challenges, certainly being on a, at a short tour location. Continuity is always one of those things we're thinking of. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about that quite a bit well before COVID-19 ever showed sure. up on the radar. So so now that we're in this COVID-19 thing, it's it's paramount that we don't lose sight of how important that continuity is and, and have a some kind of a deliberate plan for how we execute what happens when the, the restricted movement is is lifted or or to the degree that we can do some moving around within the restrictions. Mm -hmm. And uh, just speaking of the stop movement, I know there's some like anxiety, maybe stress built up around that. And I want to take a second just to kind of highlight that the disaster mental health team is... Uh, there for especially, well, it's literally for COVID-19 related stress and stuff. So that's the chaplains, the mental health team, and the MFLAC on base uh, are there for you, especially when it comes to if you've got stress going on with COVID-19. Uh, another thing that I think is causing some uh, uh, stress, maybe anxiety as well, in uh, some of our airmen here 
uh, when it comes to use or lose leave, if we can't take leave, if we can't go somewhere, is there, what, I mean, what's going on with that, sir? Sure. So great question. Uh, I'd like to go back to the, to the mental health teams and the, uh, <clears throat> the chaplains, all of our helping agencies. They are great here. And mm -hmm. so uh, we've been really trying to push information as much as possible on just how you can connect to those mm -hmm. kinds of, uh, of helping agencies. Um, those are the ones that we have locally. There are several more that are that are online mm -hmm. in sites like airforceresilience.com. You can go there and you can find a bunch of information as well. And so the, the bottom line is if, if you're experiencing some kind of issue that you think you uh, could could use some help with, we've got a way to help you. Exactly. And uh, so please don't be afraid to, to let us know. We're going to be interested in getting you the resources we can to help you with that. Speaking of how to connect to those, uh, AFN Andrelick on Facebook, facebook.com slash AFN Andrelick. We've got videos up with kind of the, specifically the the disaster mental health team contact information. And I know the PA website, uh, andrelick.af.mil slash COVID-19 has also got all the helping agencies listed there. If you're thinking, well, how do I do this? If I'm not at work, I can't call in a DSN. Uh, they have other ways to kind of get through that and get around that as well. You bet. I think that's a great one. We also, I think, still have posted online our uh, our last Facebook town, town hall live event that we did. Still the sure. recording of that's up, and that was all focused on resilience. So mm -hmm. lots of information in there about ways ways to get a hold of people, duty hours uh, for those kinds of shops, and and, uh, and a bunch of faces to put with names and functions. So I think that's all great information. To get to the other point you were making about leave, uh, so we just received some pretty great news about that in terms of a policy that applies for our airmen, which is that um, from March 11th, I think is the right date, all the way through the end of this fiscal year, um, if there is leave that you are accumulating beyond 60 days uh, in that period of time, as I understand it right now, you're going to be able to keep that leave on the books past the transition of the fiscal year, and you can keep that leave uh, all the way through, I think, end of September of 2023. So I think that is some great news for those those people who had a plan to use their leave right. and then weren't able to execute it because of COVID-19. I think there's, a, there's an allowance for that now. Mm -hmm. It seems like uh, taking leave might be... Um kind of uh, hard to do, especially once the stop movement is lifted, because I assume a lot of people are going to be wanting to take leave at the same time, and uh, mission requirements might not allow that. Well, it might be interesting how that all works out. I, I think there's, what I've been telling our team here is that as as hard as it's been to stay on top of the guidance that's coming, about, coming out about getting into the COVID-19 mm -hmm. posture, I think coming out of the COVID-19 posture, the, uh, the the job will be quite a bit harder because I think the coordination required to start turning things back on again and the backlog of things, to your point, is going to be, um, it'll be a challenge to work through. So, but I don't, but I think it's going to come down to a person and to a mission and to a unit as opposed to saying that it will be hard for everyone. I, I really don't sure. know. I mean, there could be all kinds of different uh, challenges that we come up on in terms of, of bottlenecks or, or uh, coordination things that need to happen. And, uh, and I know that across the service, across the force, we've, we've done quite a bit in terms of accounting for COVID-19 mm -hmm. at different locations. And, 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 and as we've uh, heard multiple times, what we've done is usually about a location. It's not all the same everywhere. So one base right. is COVID-19 sets, not the same as someone else's. So it might just depend on where you are and what needs to be done as it, as it often does. Makes sense. Uh, when we talk about uh, mission integrity and mission focus, so you've got a camera right here for everyone watching on Facebook, and of course, everyone listening can hear you. Uh, what is there anything specifically you'd like to say to uh, the Titans out there about that? I'll just say that uh, since I have been here, Team Titan has been 100% focused on the mission, and uh, and I appreciate 
that doing that requires every single airman here and every single function uh, to do that as, as well as we can. Never been a question in my mind that that's exactly where we were. And uh, I just appreciate what that takes because, you know, for me, COVID-19, you know, there's there are different people kind of interpret that threat different ways. I think it's an individualized threat because it's your personal health that we're talking about. But when it comes to how an airman looks at the world, no question in my mind, it's just just one more thing, right? We're going to sure. we're going to account for that challenge like we do any other, and we're not going to lose sight of the important mission that we continue to do here every single day. All right. Well, sir, I know you've got a busy schedule. Is there anything else that you'd like to touch on before you get back on your way? Well, I just want to say thank you for the opportunity to have a little time on the Absolutely. air here, and uh, and for the, those who were able to tune in, just uh, just thanks for doing that. Please uh, continue to stay tuned. This is going to be a, a continually changing kind of an information uh, uh, event. So we'll keep on trying to push that out as best we can. Stay plugged in with your chain of command. Keep watching the websites that we talk about fairly regularly, and we'll try to get you as much information as we can on the latest. And so just just thanks for tuning in. All right. Thank you, sir. Colonel Randy Oakland, commander of the 39th Air Base Wing, uh, for coming in and chatting with us.